La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding, ding, dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum, tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille. Rugby friends, and welcome to a new edition of the French Rugby Connection with moi and uh, all the way from Toulouse. Uh, with my... moi, Tom Dixon. Tom, not long now until the Six Nations is going to start. Uh, I'm counting the hours, but I'm, I'm not <laughs> sure whether the, sat the first weekend matches are quite good enough to ask for permission to go and sit in the pub for a few hours. Well, as, well, the first game will be like a warm-up game for the French team as they are playing against Italy. But having said that, in the last few months, you know, Italy has definitely won a few of their games. So it's, uh, it's, it's slow progress, but progress is there. So what a shocker if Italy would win against France. <laughs> but I, I, I doubt it very much. It wouldn't be the first time, of course. It has happened before. By yeah. one point, I think it was by one point during the terrible years of the French rugby in the early 2000s. Yes. Oh, it did. Can you imagine being in that stadium that day? Italy are very strong now, I agree. And I was watching Ange Capuoso on Sunday yes, night. Yes, of course. <laughs> Your uh, favourite who plays for Toulouse. He's a favourite. He's, he's, uh, he's a fantastic player. He got man of the match again and he beat Wales single-handedly last year. So he's not the only good player. So, it, yes, it's, it's one of those matches where France would be expected to win, it goes without saying. They'd be expected to bloody a few new players, get some debutants out there and get some youngsters off the bench. But actually, they've got so many players they need that are coming back from injury that getting a solid squad together and getting a good win under their belt might be the sensible thing to do and not take any risks but who knows we can't predict what they're going to do they're going to play it safe or play it risky we'll yes yeah yeah indeed but i think the big games for them where is when the weekend after when they meet ireland in dublin which should be a very very exciting match to to watch I shall be booking a table at Brennan's Bar on Saturday lunchtime to have a Josh Burger. Oh, and, dear. No, uh, please don't. We can't make any publicity on this podcast <laughs> unless we get we get something out of it. But, we get a free interview with Josh, with Josh yeah. Brennan. <laughs> but, uh, Who plays for Brieve. I'm sure we could have it. Uh, oh, that's Dan. Without, without Dan uh, Burger. Yeah. The double oh, Dan Burger is, is named Good. after Daniel Brennan, who plays for Brieve. Josh, oh, Berger yes. play, Josh Berger, Josh Brennan yes. played for Toulouse. <laughs> yeah. the, uh, but anyway, to recap, you know, the games that France is going to play. So on Saturday, I beg your pardon, on Sunday, they will be playing in, in Rome against the Zuri. Yeah. On the 11th of February, one absolutely to watch is the when they are going to go to the Aviva Stadium and meet... Uh, One of the nemesis, I suppose, you know, flirting at the top. The, world, the number one team in the world receives the number two team in the world. Yes, but we explained there's some reason why as well. You know, they don't have it so so hard as the other team. The Irish players tend to rest in between <laughs> games. Their competition is not high as 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 it as intense as the top 14 on the Premier League or 
Yes. You know, you know what I mean. Uh, minutes played matters a lot because a lot of the Irish players are rested for local games and just brought out for test matches, and the intensity of the matches they play isn't quite the same. So, exactly, true reasons why the Irish exactly. come out very fresh and the yeah. are a bit tired. Yeah. So sometimes you can't really compare uh, apple and and pear. Okay. Or is it pear on apple? Or it's a, it's like apple and Samsung in my house. <laughs> All right, okay. And then on the 26th of February, we have in Stade de France, France will be playing against Scotland. That could uh, be a good match. We mustn't yeah. take it for granted. Scotland on Sunday. Yes, yeah. No, I think they learned from the mistake because they are going to play in the Stade de France. It should bring them, should be happier. But every time they play in Murrayfield, except for last year, it's always been a very tough pitch for France to win up there. The supporters are very vociferous. But don't forget that the Stade de France is almost the home ground for Finn Russell, Scotland's key player, assuming he'll be in the squad if he behaves himself. It's quite, because La Défense Stadium is a bit... Uh, it's not, it's it's not uh, being... Yeah, Racing 92 doesn't use uh, Le Stade de France. They use uh, the arena. It's about 15 miles, I think. And yeah. I, I did say about. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. It's Not a lot quite. closer than Dupont coming and Roman Natamak coming 700 kilometers from Toulouse. <laughs> yes, but having said that, I'm not sure what the Scottish team is training right now. I know that the England English team, you know, usually they go for their jollies between brackets in Portugal on a. They used to do that under Eddie Jones' leadership, yeah. but now it's that they are basically training just down the road from where I live, you know, in Penny Hill, in Backshot, you know, so at the RFU. So, yeah, not so great, but yeah, we'll see. One to watch anyway. And just very, very good transition because now I'm on the 11th of March is when France is going to play against Les Anglais, Le Crunch. Fantastic. 4.45 in the afternoon, English time. So that allows people to use public transport if, it, if it's working. Um, exactly. Yes. Well, it's stadium. not as bad. We've, we've got less strikes. We don't have any strikes regarding pension age because right now I think the French people are, re are demonstrating because the government wants to delay the age of retirement to, is it 64 or 65? Yes, indeed. 64. So that have to do oh, some nothing. work before they retire. That's nothing. I think in the UK it's 67. You there know, are it some be 67. in Britain as well. Though. I know, I know. <laughs> Nurses, ambulance man, teachers. Mm, yeah. I wonder why. I wonder we need why. We need and, and then finally, finally, France again. Pays de Galles will take place on the 18th of March at... At 4.45. Uh, 2.45. So, oh, I beg your pardon. Yes, 2.45. I need, new, I need new glasses. So we'll see whether they will be able to retain Le Grand Chelem title or whether there will be another team that will be luckier. But yeah, it's going to be tougher this year for, for the French team. I, I suspect they'll be sitting in that hotel watching Ireland later on at 5pm on that Saturday to to know whether they've won or not. You bet. If they've got the Grand Slam, of course, that will be in the bag and they will have won. But if they had lost a game, it's likely to have been against Ireland or England. And so the winner of the five o'clock match, might, or the goal difference, 
might make it a super Saturday and one to remember and certainly to find a, a local establishment selling black stuff nearby <laughs> without advertising. And latest is, unfortunately, Charles Olivon and Damien Penaud will not be playing against Italy. Injuries kick in already. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Dupont, Monsieur Dupont, the Minister of l'Intérieur, so will be there. Have so. you seen, Véronique, that this match on Saturday will be the first one we will have seen where they have a kick clock? That's not easy to say. Uh, the players will be given. <laughs> you are bad. <laughs> uh, the players will be given sixty seconds from the mark of a scrum to engage in the scrum, and no standing around chatting at lineouts as well. There will be a clock, and if they fail to do the business in that time, it will be a scrum to the other side. So, and and we don't get to see the clock for the first two weeks because they haven't got the technology in place. Really? So that means the games will be should be a bit faster. Yes, they there'll be, be a new law. Um, uh-huh. It's possible that throw-ins might be lost more frequently if they can't have their little chat beforehand and coming up with the codes and communicating it. There may be a few more lost, but yeah, the game should be a, a noticeably quicker. Oh, and what do you call it again? You said a, it's a called kick clock. A kick, kick. Yes. clock. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's speak about the top 14. So I have an apology to make, really. I, yeah, go on. I, I, I said on last week's podcast that the weekend matches in the top 14 would be a bit tedious and boring. Oh, gosh, you were so wrong, my friend. I was very wrong. And I was even wronger by saying I wouldn't go to the two-lose match because it was nine o'clock at night, it was minus two degrees Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. without 11 internationals, and it would be a boring game. Oh, and I heard that Jack Willis played his magic. (laughs) I I, I got the worst of all worlds. I did go to the match, but at halftime I left. First, oh no! Why was it? Half, was it was it tedious in the the beginning, or was it cold, or you just needed your sleep? All of the above, but it was right. one of the worst halves of rugby I'd seen in a long time as well. It's freezing cold. It was three nine to Montpellier at halftime, which mm-hmm. tells you there wasn't a try scored. It was beef against beef, muscle against muscle. Mm-hmm. And at halftime, I said to my friends, "Sorry, guys, I'm off. Got busy week." Yes, and. On the way home, I was listening to the commentary, and it was brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it was the coaching that made the difference. They brought on at the same time. Yeah. They brought on Manny Mifu, all 130 kilos of him, Jack Willis, and Francois Crow. Oh, my goodness. That uh, was the, the mammoth. That was, that was our bomb squad came on. And they weren't replacing oh. anyone. And Josh Brennan, Reinhard Elstadt, and Albin Placine went off, and they're good players. But these three just turned it around. And Toulouse ended up with a bonus point victory that they hadn't expected. Yeah, they're, they're lucky to win. And Ange Capioso was fantastic. If you get a chance to see it, or even the still, let alone the video, he managed to score a try in the air, about uh, upside down, so his head near the ground, his body pointing towards the touchline. And he had jumped over the late tackler and did a somersault in the air, knocked the, spotted the ball down with one hand, 
and then did a somersault and was back on his feet in two seconds. So. It was absolutely magical. And yes, I highly recommend our listeners to watch the, the, the video on YouTube. You can view you know, the highlights of the top 14 on absolutely amazing out of this world. You know, and yeah. Either it's very, very good or there was lots of luck involved. I think it was a mixture of both, I suppose. Yeah, you know, there's, I know there's the old saying, no scrum, no win. But once the forwards had taken control, the backs were allowed to do what they want. And that reminds me of a better saying, which is that it's the forwards who win or lose a game and it's the backs who determine by how much. Mm-hmm. And so there was no game at all when the forwards were equally matched, although they were all making their own mistakes. But once the forwards had tied up all the set pieces in the front, the backs could do their wonderful stuff. And boy, did they enjoy themselves. Mm, and Hugo as well, as well, Hugo Muller. Yes, good good bit of coaching. He, he thought the game through. So no, that, I, was, I was glad, but it wasn't the best match of the weekend. But, um, no, no, I, I know which one you're going to tell me. It was <laughs> against La Rochelle. Yes. Uh, the local broadcaster, Canal Plus, uh, has a, a dial-in, I would say a phone-in, asking the public how many points they give the the game out of 20. And f- f- as an example, the Toulouse game got 11. That was a bit generous. 11 out of 20. And a good game normally gets 14. But to Racing La Rochelle, it gave 16, which is a record. And it was a fantastic game that finished 39-36. Seven tries scored. It was 36 all when a penalty was blown just on the final whistle and Finn Russell, the man of the match, knocked it over to take home a famous victory. But it's going to be missed so much by the Racing Metro, sorry, by the Racing 92 supporters. He was absolutely brilliant. He really, he was out of this world. And Bath is very lucky to have him. Yes, and Scotland. Yes. I have to see what the selection is. Yeah. Yeah, He himself scored 24 points. Yeah, I saw that. He yeah. 493 meters. Uh-huh. <laughs> and we had the ball 39 times. So here, yeah. Finn on fire. I bet he had a, a well deserved beer at the end of the match, <laughs> as, as he, he usually does. Yeah, <laughs> so if you have more than two, he's in trouble, isn't he? But his opposite so. number, Antoine Hastoy, was also brilliant. He was Antoine Hastoy. He used to play for Po. Yes. He was, because I've been following him, you know, for the last few years, he's getting better and better and better. Yes. And just counting up, he scored two tries for La Rochelle. He had two transformations and four penalties. So Mm -hmm. that's about 28 points. It's probably more than Finn Russell. Mm -hmm. So it was great open rugby. It it was a real good advert. And such a surprise. So you think after the European efforts and before the Six Nations, that people would be rested and not taking risks, but uh, it was lovely. I think, you know, the aim is to go to the top 14, Le Bouclier de Brinus, yeah. because they're out of the Heineken Champions Cup. They are still they are still part of the La Petite Cup, which is the Challenge Cup, which is still okay, but it's not as good as as the Heineken one. So I think Jack Lazerti, their owners, are probably putting lots of, lots of pressure for him. I'm not sure whether Racing 92 has ever won the top 14 trophy. I'm not sure. I don't remember that. 
But they're, yeah. they're fourth in the table at the moment, but mm-hmm. kind of fourth equal. There are five of them on 40 or 42 points. So. Yeah. Talking about uh, somebody who didn't have a very good weekend, but he wasn't expecting it, was our friend Christophe Urios for his ever first game that he managed. You know, Clermont. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Clermont, we know, is very sick as a team. They are lacking of confidence. You know, they don't really gel. They are lacking of power. Mm. And hence the reason why I think John O'Gibbs, you know, was given the, the boot. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, the score against Lyon was 34 to 14. And it was frustrating, for instance, you know, Bello missed uh, his kicks and they got to ramp up. They need to analyze their, their game. And after the games, Oyo said, oh, la la. Il faut du boulot, les gars. <laughs> Got that work means... to do. Exactly. But he knew, I think he was taking on. Whenever a new manager comes on board, they want to make a good impression, but no, it wasn't there. That day, I'm afraid. Uh, regarding Brive, Brive, you know, for the first time in the last three games under the tenure of Colazzo, I mean, lost their, their game against Bayonne. Our friend um, Bayonne. Yeah, lots of yellow cards, and it was the Bayon scored a very high score of 37, I believe yeah. only nine. But Bayon are terrifying now. They're fifth. They're in that group of 40 points. They're full strength. They're recruiting well. And the worst thing is they're coming to the start NS Valon on Saturday, and they will be full strength, and Toulouse will not be. So. Yeah. Oh. And that reminds me for uh, my friend from Saracen, a former um, former player from Saracen, who was on my on the podcast as well uh, two years ago. Hayden Thompson Stringer oh, yeah. is currently playing as a joker. Can you say that? Yes, a joker. Yeah, a joker for La Rochelle. Aha. Uh-huh. So, so there are lots of. Brits turning up in the top 14, either on official contracts or just for the end of the season or coming through. But it, having said that, Thompson Stringer has been playing you know, with Brie for the last uh, three years. Oh, so, so it was his third year, so I think it's temporary. Well, well I tell you, I, to lose, we have Jack Willis, that's well known. Montpellier, we have Zach Mercer, and we had Elliot Stook, who, mm-hmm. who played with Jack Willis at Wasps as a flanker. So they were very close. But out of that trio of Brits on Sunday night, it was Jack Willis who was on top, certainly. Mm-hmm. Oh, another game that was absolutely <laughs> wonderful was Perpignan against uh, Stade Francais. <laughs> it, it was. What fun. Stade Francais, this is the bottom of the league against number two in the league. The smallest budget in the top 14 against the biggest budget in the top 14. Perpignan played their heart out and won 31-24. The first time in 10 years they've beaten Paris. The Perpignan number eight, that fantastic name of Genesis Mamea Lemalu, was an absolute hero. He just pulled the game forward every time. 15 runs, 11 defenders beaten, two line breaks, nine tra- nine tackles, and a try. He, he just kept the USAP forwards moving forward and allowed the backs to shine. So it, it's turned around the bottom of the table because we had really written Perpignan off. They mm-hmm. were so far behind the next ones, Brieve. Brieve was on 25 and Perpignan were 18. And Perpignan had an unlikely win and Brieve and Poe had unlikely losses, or at least they, they were expected to get some points from it. 
So that gap's really closed. It's like mm-hmm. an eight-point weekend for Perpignan. Um, so, yeah, Breve and Per were spanked in matches. They would have fancied their chances for some points. And Perpignan beat Stade Francais. At one point, they were sitting on a bonus point. It looked that, as though Perpignan could really pull off the miracle, but, but they couldn't. And I have to say as well that the next weekend, Breve is going to play against Perpignan. So it's going to be a very, yes. very important game. Yeah, Breve at home. To win. Breve at home to Perpignan on Saturday, 5 p.m. It's mm-hmm. going to be difficult to know what to watch with the internationals and the <laughs> matches. Uh, well, you can record it. <laughs> it's, it's only live once. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Toulon against Paul, as expected, 27 to 16. So, that was the weekend of the top 14. Those are the seven matches that had a couple of one-sided ones, but some real surprises and close ones and some beautiful rugby. Yes. And what is the the current ranking? (laughs) We have Toulouse at the top. They've extended their lead by eight points. So they're they're not going to have a good period of these during the Six Nations. We call them the doublon, where they have to have two teams playing, one for the national squad, one for the domestic one. So Toulouse, eight points ahead of Stade Francais on 46. Then on 42, La Rochelle and Racing 92. On 40, there are three, Bayonne, Bordeaux-Bergle and Lyon. Just behind them, Montpellier. And then bottom, well, then there's a group, Toulon, Castres and Clermont. And then the bottom three fighting it out are Pau, Brive and Perpignan. But Clermont could fall into that lot. Out of Brive and Perpignan, one's going to do well. So we shall see. Um, what I really like about the top 14 is that all the games are being played. Six games out of seven are played on a Saturday. Yeah. And the last game is played on a Sunday evening. I think there is nothing worse than going to watch a rugby match on a Sunday afternoon. I don't know. It doesn't feel right for me, but that's my personal choice anyway. I, uh, I, but... I think they don't play many professional top 14 matches on a Sunday afternoon because the amateur local clubs got upset because that's often when they play. Right. And their, their support and their players go away to the match. That's a very good reason. That's a very, very good reason. I like that, actually. So he's going to play against Bayonne. I would assume that Toulouse with his, with his band of beef. Manny Mifu, Mifu, the Melbourne guy who has got his French nationality, but they all miscalculated and he's not allowed to play for France in this six Oh, minutes, yes. Or indeed in the World Cup. Um, oh, well. He's allowed to play for France from December. Oh, um, what a shame. So, a shame. yeah, upset about that. Never um, mind. And then we have, I, I, I would say this probably Toulouse should win. But having said that, seeing Bayonne, you know, uh, winning this weekend. Yeah, no, one, it's, one it's, it's certainly not given that Toulouse will win. Of course, mm-hmm. Jack Willis will be playing for England and Ange Capiozzo will be off playing for Italy. So of course. we had them last weekend as a special as a special thing. Mm-hmm. I, I suspect it may be very close and Toulouse might win in the last 15 minutes because of the depth of the bench, even with all these internationals gone. But I don't mm-hmm. think there'll be a five-pointer again. But I'm really looking forward to it. There's good singing. It's just perfect. Dear listener, it's a 3 p.m. match. This is wonderful. We can go for a nice long lunch and sober up on the in the stands afterwards. I can have oysters, 
foie gras, wine, duck. Mm-hmm. And then at five o'clock, four matches all at the same time. Yes. So the, the same at four o'clock French time, three o'clock English time, La Rochelle against an interesting game. I wouldn't know. It could go either way, I think. It, I think La Rochelle will probably nail it down there without about six internationals. But yeah, I'm with you. It could be close. Yes. Then we have Clermont against Cass. That game is a must watch. I think that Clermontois will have to win. Bearing in mind that Rios used to, to be a coach at Cass, so he probably knows them. Their, their style of playing quite quite well. But he this is a must all the win. way to Bouclier de Brennes. He won the top 14 for Castra. Exactly. So it's going to be the tough one. I think Castra will probably win that one. I would... It's, yeah, almost a draw. They're, they're virtually on the same place on the table, the same number of points. They're, mm. They've both got, got a must-win game of this because mm-hmm. they'll end up playing with the relegation. Oh, dear. Yeah, so loads at stake in that game, yes. that rencontre. Then a brief against Perpignan, we mentioned it's a very it's going to be a very challenging and very paramount match for both teams. Yeah. They have to win because Perpignan is, is basically just lagging. How many points did you say against uh, Brive? Perpignan are three points behind Brive, who are two points behind Poe. So right. if Perpignan win four points, they're actually likely to be nudging with fighting with Poe. But if Brive won, Perpignan, Perpignan are in a bad place. They have to have to get some points. I see. Then we'll have a pool against Racing 92. Ooh, that's uh, good. That spices up the bottom of the table as well, because Poe, especially after Racing's show this weekend, Poe could end up with nul point, and then mm-hmm. they will be in the relegatable hero at the bottom. Oh, dear. This is such a dangerous place to be at <laughs> right now. And then Montpellier, le champion de France... The Montpellier eighth, and eighth. they are playing Toulon mm-hmm. and Toulon and ninth. So it's yet another game with between teams that are next to each other in the table. So lots, yes, so it's getting yep. lots of bonus points. Uh huh. And on the Sunday evening, Stade Français in Stade Jean Bouin meeting. Plague like, is suffering a bit. They have four internationals missing, you know, right now from their squad and. I forgot to mention, Castre was playing against Bordeaux, but it was a very tough win for Castre. The final score was... 23-18 to Castre. Exactly. But Bordeaux managed to get the defensive bonus point, mm-hmm. so, they, so they were valiant. Yeah. And so, yeah, that opens up this weekend, doesn't it? I, I, I th- you'd, expect, uh, you'd expect a clear victory from Stade Francais, but... Gordo Begler might show some strength and surprise them. I think Stade Francais is going to win it. Okay. That's the prediction, dear listener. <laughs> Dominique. <laughs> yeah, we'll see who's, uh, who's right, who's wrong. So 
Pro D2, my team van is not having a, a great time in the Pro D2. Oh, indeed. They're, they're out of the sexy six at the top. They're not oh, in competition there. They are a point behind Grenoble, and so they are seventh. But my team, Colomier, are climbing up there, back up to fourth. So that's interesting. But Oyonax is so far ahead at the top, and so is the number two, frankly, Mondomasa. That is, it's a bit of a fight. It's a bit of a two-horse race there. A bit surprising, really. They beat Oyanax away from home, so there's a battle at the top. And the number two surprised them with an, an away win. So, so that was the match of the weekend, really. And we did have a match postponed because of the snow, even in France. No, really. Which game was that? Aurillac versus Grenoble. All right. Now the referee cancelled it 30 minutes before the start of the match, which is extremely unfair on the fans and season ticket holders who mm. might have had their lunch by then. So, you know, good luck to them. The project goes on and it's very tight and very interesting. So keep following. Definitely. goodness what's been happening in the french rugby in terms of leadership oh, well it's not just french rugby i think all around the world various trainers and national administrators are going but but france has been very consistent with their trainers and the training squad but the leadership yes we've only got the rugby world cup around the corner and people are being sacked, being having various criminal and civil cases against them. But Bernard Laporte has finally fallen on his sword, and he resigned earlier this week following a vote for the next president of the French rugby, where he had tried to propose his own replacement. And the roots of the game in France, of the amateurs and people who had a vote, they turned around and said, no, we don't We don't want an outgoing president to get to choose his own successor. He was the French national national trainer. Yes, he in was. In 2007, when mm-hmm. France beat New Zealand at, yes. uh, at the Millennium Stadium, I was there. And also there was a, a new young president called Nicolas Sarkozy, who had said to Monsieur Laporte, thou shall be my sports minister, once you've finished the Rugby World Cup. Uh, oh, really? And oh, so gosh. Went you know a lot. Training mm-hmm. the 2007 Rugby World Cup squad to being the Minister of Sport. Where mm-hmm. he we can't really criticize him that much. He's, you know, he brought the World Cup to France, you know, for the second time in its history. So <laughs> he must have done something right, I suppose. Having said that, the Rugby World Organization was extremely out- astounded. Because they were expected that South Africa would win the tournament. And yeah, after seven months <laughs> campaign, they, uh, Bernard Laporte and his associate, Claude Hatcher, managed to buy the, uh, the World Cup in T23 for the French rugby world. There was certainly controversy when the 2023 World Cup was awarded and ended up in France. And there's been controversy throughout his reign, really, and the occasional accusation and eyebrows raised. But far be it from us to go into that because we can't afford to be sued. (laughs) No. Sergio Paris has decided he's going to retire 
this time <laughs> at the tender age of 39 years old. And he's been, you know, he's been playing professional rugby for the last 20 years. And still is hope that he's going to play his sixth and final rugby World Cup. Isn't that an extraordinary stat? Six World Cups in your career. Not many people can say that. Yes, because if you recall, if he's being selected, that's the only thing by Kieran Crowley. But one thing is he was due to retire, remember, during the World Cup in Japan. And that game, because of the weather, because of the cyclone, that game had to be cancelled. So he was expecting, you know, to play in his final World Cup and he never had the chance. Too. So that's the reason why you know he wants to, in French, you say "tire sa révérence" properly. Yes, to, to to say goodbye properly, really, isn't it? So it would be a charity selection, a charitable selection to to let him have his last hurrah. Gosh, in what match do you feel somebody who's not not there by on the basis of their current form? <laughs> Everyone uses Italy to field their second division players. Uh, we'll see. Good luck to him. He's had a fantastic career. He's a great player. He has carried Italy through all the downs and the occasional mm-hmm. ups. So if anyone deserves a good send-off, he does. And he has represented Italy. Do you know how many times? It must be over, well over 100. I I think the record man is Fabian Pelouse with 140. Correct. So, did you, how much did you say? I, I said, this is off the top of my head. I, I thought Fabian Pelouse was around 142 selections. Yes. And guess what? It's 142 selection as well for, uh, oh, for uh, Paris. Serge Paris. Yes. So they might be on the same rank. Oh. We'll verify that next time. <laughs> we'll double check. Wonderful. <laughs> So Rugby Friend, I hope you enjoyed our review, preview and prediction of the top 14. And I'm really, really looking forward as well to the Six Nations weekend. Finally, it's here. If ever there's a weekend where there aren't enough hours in the day to watch the fine rugby matches that are going to happen. And uh, yeah, I have to think about your poor wife because she's not really into rugby. There's so much rugby happening this weekend. I pity my poor wife. I mean, to put up with me, all, all those top 14 matches are absolute crackers. The Six Nations and the television will be on loudly all weekend, except for when I'm out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to the stadium, of course. That'll be a few hours done. And watching recordings as well. You can't watch them all live. when there, I think there are five on at once on Saturday afternoon. But I'll do my best. Have a wonderful weekend and have a wonderful weekend of rugby to all our rugby friends. Et je dis au revoir. Au revoir. La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding, ding, dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum, tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille.